The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. After experiencing trauma at a young age, my next guest began misusing solvents at 11 years of age, turning to harder drugs when he was a teen. But he now runs the Tri Project, a peer mentoring initiative working with ages 14 to 25 who are at risk or involved already with drugs and antisocial behaviour. His name is Carl Juque and he's team leader for the Tri Project. Carl, good morning. Good morning, Pa. We're talking about your name, yes. because it's a very unusual name for a dub. Yes, very peculiar. Comes from... French, French background. Originally, generations. generations back. Yeah, yeah. Now, tell me about your own experience growing up. I mean, how common was it to be sniffing solvents? It was very common back when, when I was young, and um, I suppose, like, for an 11-year-old to be doing that, there was something wrong in the first place. You know, I was in a... I grew up in the inner city in an area where drug use was quite common, and it was it was very visible around the area, and I would have had a lot of older people around me um, at experimental stage drug use as well that would have been doing it. But you weren't the youngest, I presume, that was doing it, or were you? No, well, there would have been a lot of friends, a lot of my about friends. About your own age? Yeah, about my own age. And yeah. the, the funny thing, there was people dying, I don't know whether there was even young people dying, because they were the, the tipex and they were putting it into bags and it was getting caught in their throat, you know, and there was like lots of that around. As well, when I was, and that's a, an era of drug taking that we've kind of forgotten. Yeah, yeah, it's all now. The, the, all sorts of different stuff now. So, how did you then move on? So, I suppose that was just the experimental stage of my drug use, and it wasn't like that. I, I woke up when I was eleven one day and ended up a drug addict. It was over time up till I was about fourteen, fifteen years of age. I went through different stages of addiction, of trying new drugs from cannabis to ecstasy. And eventually, by the time I was um, 15, 16 years of age, I was dabbling in heroin. So at that age, as a um, in your mid-teens, yeah. you were dabbling in heroin. And what, what were you doing? Were you injecting it? or Not at that age, no. I wasn't injecting it. I was smoking it. Um, and... A lot of my friends were were also taken, and we, you know, there was a lot of like even derelict buildings back then. We'd all just go in and we'd sit there and we we'd smoke heroin. Um, now at that time, I'm trying to cast my mind back. Um, there would have been reported deaths from heroin, yeah. so you would have been maybe half aware that people doing this stuff were dying. Yeah, well, my first friend was was eighteen um, when he died. I had a, another guy who would have been an associate was 16 when when he died from, from heroin addiction. These are all in the same areas. And over the years, I suppose I was experiencing addiction. I've lost count of how many people I've knew, how many close friends I've knew, family members that I've knew that have died from addiction. And the point is that even as they are dying and you're observing this, the nature of addiction is that you know, it doesn't stop you. Yeah, I, I'm, I, like I've experienced it. Once it has a hold on you, like it does no, it does not much you can do whatsoever. You know, I went through addiction and wanted to stop for years, but I just no responses shown to me or no supports given to me that where I could stop. Now, there's often the stigmatizing of of people, um, teenagers, because of their behaviour, because of their uh, drug taking habits. You believe, though, that it's almost an inevitability for some communities that a certain fraction will go down this road. Yeah, I think the the stigma associated with addiction is probably one of the most globally recognised um, stigmas and and people experiencing that within the communities. You know, if it, you look at um, areas where I work, like Oliver Bond and St. Teresa's Gardens, um, you have young people growing up who, I suppose, 
some they aspire to be to be involved in gangland criminal activities or selling drugs, you know, and like that to me is just like lack of opportunity within areas. Um, it's negative beliefs and role models within them areas that you have young kids growing up looking at, at, at dealers standing on corners. They have the runners, the nice runners, the, the cars, they, they have the respect within that area and they, they're aspiring to like, yeah, let's be, I want to do that. So know? in the same way as someone who's uh, growing up in a well-to-do middle-class family who sees the guy down the road driving uh, the, the Jag or the Beamer or whatever and he knows that by going to college and getting a, an accountancy degree he can yeah. make money too in your community they were looking at the local business people who were dealers yeah and getting all of those material goods yeah so if you could imagine like growing up in sheriff street and not being presented with opportunities but walking by the financial center yeah. every day and we can talk about equality and inclusion and all that but you walk by that financial center every day and you you know that i'll never be a part of that so let's Let's try and find a new way or means to to kind of get to that level of of income, you know. Now, how did you get over your addiction? Because clearly uh, you did and you've uh, been thriving ever since. Yeah. So in 2014, I suppose I I presented to a service um, where I suppose I had to stabilise on the street drugs that I was taking. Um, and that was even hard, you know, because I had to meet certain criteria, and I, I find myself really lucky to to actually get to that criteria. Um, most people don't, you know, most people can't get to that. And I went into a place called Solcha, and they sent me into detox, and they done an aftercare service with me after that. So like that was nearly ten years ago now. Now the detoxing was it difficult? Was it cold turkey or was yeah. it gradual? It was cold turkey. Cold turkey. Yeah. And it's, yeah, well, a 10 day detox they give you and then like you have to go through the withdrawals, which is, is, is horrible, you know, but something each individual will have to do on their own as well. And the, the, the horrible nature of that, um, it might be such that you never want to have to do it again. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Man. And I've done it a few times, but I haven't done it to the extent where, where I was prepped, I was ready. I had the supports around me this time that I knew. And I was kind of at that mind frame that. The quicker this comes, the quicker it will go and I can grow my... What do you think sparked your ambition to, to get off drugs at that point? Um, Like, lots of things. People believing in me that when I didn't believe in myself, and you know, I was living in that even internal stigma within myself of getting reinforced in me over the years that you're no good, you'll never amount to that. And so when that's getting said to you all the time, you really start to believe it. But over time, I suppose, seeing other people believe, yeah, you can do this, you can stop taking drugs, this is how you do it, I'm going to lay out a pathway. And it's like, for years I wanted to stop, but I didn't know how to. And and this uh, process, and you had to m- meet those criteria. Uh, you were saying that not many people can manage to meet the criteria in, in order to qualify for the for the detox course. What what are the criteria? So, like to be in some, I'll give you an example of the criteria. Right, to me, you had to be off all street drugs. That meant no cannabis, no benzodiazepines, no um, other drugs. But you but could be on methadone. You I could presume. be on methadone. You could be on prescribed drugs, but to to reach that, there's no support to, to help people to reach that um, level of stabilisation. Um, and they just basically send them back out and say, come back when you're ready. And the sad reality is people go back out and they die, you know, trying to meet that criteria. Um, not many people get. You know, my, my recovery is abstinence-based, which means I don't um, take any substance. And 
that's a, that's a high level. That's a high level of recovery. And you now we're looking at harm reduction approaches and stuff like that, which probably saved me life for years through addiction, you know, yeah. reducing the harm to me. Um, but still, over time, you know, 18 years is a long time. It's a long, stuck, long time. Stuck in addiction. So when you uh, emerged then, what did you do? I mean, you were now clean and uh, determined not to let it grab you again. Yeah, I suppose I joined up with and became a board member of the Recovery Academy of Ireland, what, what was set up to, to tackle the stigma towards people um, experiencing drug addiction and also to show that people recovery is visible and it's possible and trained up as a recovery coach and you, you go out and you do groups with people, you, you coach them into recovery. Um, it was actually set up for... for a, a, a popular band years ago um, and they just replicated in America and stuff like here and then I went to university and educated myself around addiction I educate myself around leadership and I try and bring that into my job today yeah. uh, Try being the operative word yes, that's what the yeah. project is called tell me about Try Yes so so Try is target response with youth and we're housed within the Solace project within the southwest and I see and just a, a little bit of background and context on the Solace project is like we 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 walk in the south western sea and we've like seven projects we've the Solace at skills the Solace after skills and they walk within the skills within young people aged from five years and then we've Liberate who is the mainstream youth service for the, for the south western sea and then we move more into the the justice end so we've the yard what's a social enterprise and gets um, young people walk ready and um, we've compass we're an in-reach in prison and also on the Garel, we, we, we do outreach with them. Um, and then we've Rua, Dublin 8, which is a, a which walks with young, prolific, sorry, I couldn't say that, young offenders. And now, then, now, what fraction do you think you're reaching of, of the total problem out there? Because it is a big problem. Oh, it's complex. It's so complex like that when, you know, where you talkers were not, we're not, I suppose, even highly educated into tackling drug problems, but most of the time we are firefighting towards the, the, the addiction end of it. You know, like we're, we're reacting and responding to issues that's going on within there that connected to drugs trade, whether it could be violence, someone could need to go to rehabilitation, they could need to go to, to detox, or they could need counselling or stuff yeah. like that. So and can you offer those services? I mean, that's the, the issue if there isn't an availability yeah, so it, it it takes a lot of time and and resources to to kind of get that to to map areas and see what is out there for young people to get them in. What's the attitude to you? Because you've been there, done that. And, yeah, and maybe that's important. Yeah, and, and that's very important. You know, you go into like areas like Oliver Bond, and people walk in, they think you're a guard or not. You know, like but when you bring the lived experience in, then to the young people get to know you. And most of the time, if you, they know your background, they probably know someone you know, or you know someone they know, and you can break that little little um, barrier and you can start building a relationship. Yeah. Um, you have to be an optimist, I suspect, to be yeah. in your business, Carl. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. You have to stay somewhat positive. You know, it's, as I says, we, us as youth workers, we can be firefighting most of the time, but you always get that that one young person and, you, and you, you catch them in a vulnerable state I suppose and you lay a path out for them and they take a bit of direction and then they probably go back 
to down what they were down, but you, you show the support and you show the, the reinforcement. So it may begin a process. You begin a process, yeah. 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 It's fantastic work you do, uh, Carl, and thank you very much for joining us. The project is, is called TRY. This particular one is part of the Solus uh, overall project, yeah. and uh, the TRY team leader is Carl Jukwe. Carl, thank you very much for thank joining you, us Pat. in studio. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m on News Talk.